hey, this is Billy. Can I just say thank you on behalf of Jen and myself for listening to the podcast? It just, it really means a ton to us. It's kind of humbling. If this has helped you, would you mind referring it to a friend or rating it, reviewing it, um, giving us five stars, please? Um, It helps us. And so if we're helping you, you could help us, refer it to a friend, it helps them. And the world just goes round and round. And it would mean a lot. Thanks. Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you are listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jennifer. Cheers, babe. Ah, cheers to you. It's great to see you this morning, love. It's great to see you this morning, Um, my love. We are currently sitting in Seattle, Washington, if you're listening to this. And it is, first of all, we're praying for the many, many people that are affected by these wildfires in California and Oregon and Washington. There's probably other states, too, that I'm not aware of, but... Our prayers go out to you. So, but we, the smoke has descended upon Seattle like a heavy fog. A heavy, heavy haze. It's like scorched the sun. Yes. The last three days, um, it's been sunny out, but we can't see the sun. And it's, it's, I, I was telling a friend the other day, it feels like an, like an apocalyptic snow day because the smoke kind of like, softens everything like when snow falls like it makes everything kind of quiet and you can hear everything and everything feels still that's what the smoke is doing like right now i'm looking out my window in coffee talk studios and i can barely see the trees yeah it's it's, just it's it's crazy and it is whereas a snow day is like peace on earth goodwill to men this is the opposite of that this is like the world might be coming to an end well it definitely has made it real for us in seattle realizing oh my gosh if we're experiencing this much smoke haze um, I can't imagine what right where in California or in Portland where the fires are, are yeah. touching ground, what that's doing to so many people. Actually, and we met a family. Our hearts go out to so many of them that are, are you know, lost homes and fires. And and we had we had two families that uh, we had church yesterday, actually. And we had two families who had drove, driven in and stayed at the hotel that came to our services just to get away from the Yeah. The, the and we fires. asked them, we were like, you know, because we think this is bad. Like I, I, the... The weather forecast, the health are like, it's very unhealthy air. Don't go outside, um, which we've been trying to stay inside. I mean, we're quarantining again. My goodness, 2020. Can you (laughs) just stop already? 2020 is a naughty, naughty child, (laughs) right? Um, Anyways, um, and we said, you know, you know, is it much different? And they're like, oh, we can breathe here, which we're shocked because we can't breathe here. Like it feels like, you know, you're actually not supposed to go outside and breathe the air. It's really bad. And they're like, no in Portland where they're, where they were from. They're like, it's, it's, it is absolutely unbearable. And so they were at church. Church was great yesterday, by the way, we're we're actually recording this on a Monday. Our week's been crazy. We got to be at a wedding for some friends, which is the first wedding I've been to in quarantine, which was kind of awesome. There was like 200 people there. We went out on a barn way out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) But Everyone was outside. Who's going to (laughs) tell? Yeah, It was the legal wedding. Man, that was so cool to be a part of. It was so fun. Um, We had so much fun. It was 100 degrees, so that was Oh, that was challenging. But um, so we've been kind of going full on the last, I don't know, it's feel like the last two weeks, but it's been good, right? Very Doesn't good. it feel good to be full on again? Yeah, yeah there's a little bit of goodness about but that. But we're recording Coffee Talk on Monday and we'll release it this Wednesday. And so, um, and Vic the Sound Chick is not with us today. She's traveling. A moment of silence for Vic the Sound Chick. I cross out. myself as she's traveling. 
She's she's left us for a certain time. She's out and about and doing many things for her life. She's doing things that I what want to do. What could we say about Vic the Sound Chick while she's Ooh, not here? Ooh, this is going to get good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Roast Vic the Sound Chick. Roast Vic. <laughs> I think we need to do an inter. We need to interview Vic the Sound Chick again. We, we already did, did that. We did once, but you I think get we need, one interview. I think we need to bring her back. You know, part two, <laughs> part two for her life after quarantine. It has been a unique year. So during quarantine, we all kind of jumped in together. So Vic the Sound Chick, God has blessed us with a with a with just a very large house. Well, very large. I mean, it's relative, but we have a very large. So we've had the largest house we've ever lived in our entire lives. And Vic the Sound Chick. Um, got out of her lease and now has a, is living with us in this very large house, which is you can almost go the entire day without seeing each other because she has her own. People wing. are going to be like, are they living in a mansion? We <laughs> <laughs> kind of are, but she has like her own wing, her own wing. <laughs> but so it's been unique. Out of all my family, I have five brothers and sisters. There's six of us. I love them all. I literally do love them all. I think Vic, Jen, and you being the in law, you the know, in law. Well, she's our in law. I mean, yeah, you being like. She's not your blood family, although you guys are very close friends now. Um, she's probably the only one that we can actually live together with for long periods of time. When you say true story, yeah, I like I love all my family, but I don't think you're meant to live with family. <laughs> Just to be honest, no, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> if you want to love each other, and if you remain, live with your in laws and know it's working, good on you. Well, like, there's that's seasons for everything. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. If you're saving a few dollars and it's and it's working out, and you know, I mean, but it's never supposed to be a permanent situation, and this certainly is not permanent with Vic, the sound chick, but. She's easy to live with. I don't know. She's just, she's kind of low key. Although she's incredibly compulsive, but also low key. Yeah, it like, just, it, it works sometimes. Isn't sometimes she it an doesn't enigma? work. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about her while she's sometimes not I'm here. Sometimes I'm super annoyed that she's so, so, uh, what's the word? Just like, just every little thing matters. She's compulsive. Compulsive. There oh, yeah. And Which makes her very good at what she does. I just don't think I'm compulsive. And I realized, I realized this time around when she's living with us, how compulsive she is and how more compulsive you are the older oh, you get. Oh, okay. Dig on me. <laughs> I thought we were digging on Vic. Like, like, I don't know if it's like older age <laughs> takes like what we have always done to another level, but like it's it's a real Can thing. Can I just throw it out there? I think compulsive people run the world. So, Maybe so. cheers to you, oh, compulsive okay. person. Um, but Vic simultaneously is crazy low key. Which makes it easy to live with her, and I, she's she's got a laid back personality with a compulsive edge. Yeah, well yeah. said, well said, Jen. You're welcome, man. You want to flash me in coffee talks? No, we're not going there today. <laughs> I wish we'd go there every day. Um, hey, we kind of do. It was it was a moment yesterday. We're having a lot of moments this year, 2020, the year of moments. Our daughter drives our Lexus alone now because she got her license on her 16th birthday. <laughs> And she's a great driver. And if she listens to this, which I know she does listen to Coffee Talk, Saran, you're a great driver, baby girl. But it is doing something to my mind to think, like to watch her pull out of our driveway. Like, I've already been through this twice, and this is our third time. It mm -hmm. is, I don't care. It's so scary to see <laughs> your daughter or son take your keys to your nice car that you waited for two decades to buy and pull out <laughs> a, out of a steep driveway to go get a coffee. Like I, the whole time I'm like, listen, will you text me when you get there? Yeah. Like, and then I, all I'm doing is waiting. You were pacing back and forth, waiting for her to get home, pull into that driveway. Oh, man. And once she did, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Every time she's driving, thank I'm you, like, Jesus. God, please be with her. Help her to be aware. You know, it's just, I mean, she's driving a motorized vehicle. Oh, I know. She's super responsible. I mean, I love her, but she also, it's isn't it? All the parents out there. And if you're parents to be, or if you're not a parent, you, you can maybe have a little sympathy for us. Like, it is hard to watch your baby girl 
like grow up like that. Like she's fully stepping into it. I love her. She's a great driver. She's better than the boys were. She's responsible. She's cautious. She's mature. But it's still, that's my baby girl driving the Lexus. I told her, I'm like, listen, I looked at her, I'm like, listen, if you hit somebody or hit something, you will pay $500 deductible to Babe, fix the vehicle. Our problems would be a lot bigger if she hit somebody. I'm just saying, like, like here the, you the are, chances, like, if you hit somebody and cripple them, you're paying the $500 No, I, like, hit like, something on. or stole somebody. But I'm just like, if you nick that bumper, you're paying my friend $500. I just, God have mercy. I needed her to know that this is a financial burden that she bears as she pulls out of the driveway. But at the same time, I don't want I don't want her to feel stressed. So like I'm I very I, we don't talk this way around her, even though she's gonna hear this now. Because I don't want her to like be driving and be like, my parents will be so upset. Like I don't want, you know, I don't want to add to what is already the responsibility and stress of driving a motorized vehicle that can kill and destroy many things. She she did inform me yesterday as what? we were driving home from church. What? That um, she almost someone almost hit her when she was pulling out of Mercury's coffee because they came me? they came around the corner so fast and it was she goes and she goes I'm oh, pretty sure it would have been my not- fault but the girl she goes I think the girl was 16 too because she like freaked out because she didn't pay attention and she's like I just sped up to miss her oh my lord <laughs> you should like, not tell me this I know I was like Sarin, thing. when I you kinda- make left turns you've got to double check like triple check you got to look oh, left and right God. multiple I times I can't handle this man <laughs> I know it's like every moment she's driving there's a chance that she could get in an accident it's just well we're gonna pray good for my soul. angels around her oh angels around us I, don't, a- I thought it was a song <laughs> In the arms okay, of the is. angels, there it is. Fly away. There it is, babe. Yeah, there thank it you, is. Sarah McLaughlin. Um, all right, babe. What are we talking about in coffee? I don't know. Talk what are today? we talking about today? Just turn on these mics and just figure it out as we go. <laughs> I love when you go into that voice. I don't know. What, I don't are, we know. what are we talking about today? It's like you, you're, you're channeling. It's someone. like my radio voice, you know. You're like channeling like what a New York, New Jersey girl. Today? What are we talking about? <laughs> I got a cigarette in my hand. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, Okay, I had this thought the other day, and I think did that you she, now? Oh, now you're channeling someone else. Want to do want to do a British accent talk off real quick? Do you have a spot of tea? Well, I do have a spot of tea, ma'am. I like a little sugar. No one, make it two. You want lots of sugar in you? <laughs> you don't even do it right. <laughs> okay, no joke. During the middle of your message yesterday, you were reading the passage about the woman, and you were like. The woman is responding to, to Jesus, Jesus, and you go into a British accent. Well, I just she said as she's responding to Jesus, you go from a serious moment I to know, a British I accent. Totally ruined. It the threw moment. the whole room off. We started laughing because we were I like, know. "Wait, I thought we were going serious, but What's now we're going problem? British." Oh, it was good. Well, times. it was Jesus had asked this woman in the Bible a question, and her answer was, "No, no one, sir." And when I read it, I was like, "It just feels like it should be read with a British accent." Like, no. No one, sir. You know, like it just felt like she would be saying, "Like, no, sir. No one has condemned me." You know. So I did that, and I ruined the moment. Well, I don't know. Maybe I made the moment. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> okay, I had this thought the other day. What is more valuable in life than a good reputation? Um, I was thinking about this. Okay, we're in our forties. We still got a lot of life to live, but we've experienced a level of success, um, both personally and professionally. You know, which I, I feel, I feel, I feel great about. Like, you know, I, are there more things we want to do? Sure. I think anyone listening to this, I hope there's more things that you want to do. But I think it's also healthy to stop and realize and recognize what have you done that you're actually proud of. Um, we have a great family. Our kids still want to hang around us. Um, 
They're doing well in life. We're doing well in life. 24 years of marriage. We've seen success in the areas that we've we've endeavored in, whether it be business or whether it be ministry for us or whether it be other areas. And, um, you know, but what is more? So we so I'm saying all that to say, like, we have success. We've earned a decent amount of money in our lifetime. Um, do we want to earn more? Sure. We've had failures. Yeah. Yeah. We've failed. We've learned from those failures. We've had ups and downs when it comes to. So I feel like we've experienced a lot of things and I've kind of in my forties, I'm asking myself, I think maybe the recent experiences over the last two years have maybe gotten me to this point, but what is more valuable in life than a good reputation? Um, financial success, fame, Influence. If you'd have caught me in my 20s, I may have said the most important thing is influence, not fame. I think fame has its place. I actually don't want anything to do with fame, but influence to me, I think, is like the authentic fame. It's it's like taking a reputation or not a reputation. It's taking a platform that you have and using it for good. I think that's awesome. Um, great accomplishment or achievement, even for others. You know, like yeah. you do, you do great things for mm-hmm. others in mind. Like those are all awesome things. But at the end of the day, I think reputation, like what does it matter if you get all those things, but you have a bad reputation? What if the people that are closest to you, um, even people that just know of you, if, if you have a bad reputation, like what's the point of it all? So I don't know, babe, agree or disagree. Like, do you agree with me that reputation is absolutely the most valuable thing we have in this life other than our relationship with God? You know, we're people of faith. Would you agree or would you disagree? Um, yes and no. You know, ah, provocative. I heard, <laughs> I heard this quote the other day. It says, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Ah, okay. So to me, character character is the main thing. Character is who you really are. And it's it's the reputation that people actually see. But over time, you could, I mean, let's say in the beginning, you might have a, a good reputation. People might think you have a good reputation. Right. But if you give, the, give it long enough and you don't have a good character to back it up, it'll eventually spoil. Does yeah. that make sense? So reputation, by definition, has to pass the test of time. Yes, you exactly. don't develop a reputation overnight. It's day after day, day, week, week, month. I mean, month, cause I could have year. money, a good car. My yeah. family could be cute. I could have like, you know, I could be a good business person, but in, behind the scenes, I am not, I do not have good character. And we all have people we've met that when we meet them, the first two, three weeks, we're like, this person's amazing. Then you play it out three or four months. Like, oh, there's that kind of weird thing. And then you play it out five, six months a year. And you're like, wait a second. You know, and like the reputation tarnishes. It's like the iceberg effect. You know, when you see an iceberg in the ocean, I've heard, Whatever you see above the surface, that's only 10%. Right. 90% is beneath the surface that you don't see. What really matters. So you're saying that 90% of reputation is character. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I still would stand with my thought that with that being said, then the most important thing we have in this life is a good reputation. Better than a bankroll, better than a high-paying job, better than a title of CEO or president or um, whatever you want to be, whatever title gets you going, like, is what is your reputation with people? That's really good. Okay, so we've had a banner year when it comes to our children. Um, Serenity just celebrated her sweet 16, which is an iconic birthday. Our son Judah just celebrated, literally, they have, their birthdays are one day apart from each other, um, September 10th and 11th. He celebrated his 21st, 21st, which, you know, officially, technically, does that make him an adult? I think 18 makes you an adult, but it's a 21st. It's a big birthday. People are like, is he going to drink? No, he's not going to drink because he's not an idiot. 
<laughs> you know what I think that we've always told our kids, the best time to drink is when you get married because you have accountability partner built in. Totally. It's, it's like, built in accountability. Someone drinking in their 30s and someone drinking in their 20s it's is two totally different things. different dynamics, right? Like if I have a glass, if I have something to drink at, when I we started drinking probably when we were 33, 34. If I had a glass of you know drink in my 30s, even right now, and someone walks in that I barely know, I'm kind of I'll kind of like move the drink. You're like, oh, you're ashamed of it. No, 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 no. I just don't want to cause anyone to stumble, and I certainly don't think that drink makes me look cool. Whereas most 20 year olds, right. not all of them, not all of them, but most 20 year olds, because just the season of life they're in, like a beer makes them feel cool and look cool, which I just, for the record, man, it's a wrong reason to have alcohol. That's the wrong reason. So, and I love it. We got a bunch of 20 year olds who listen to this podcast and I love them and I'm And they for drink them. and they drink responsibly. But yo, let me be like but, the voice of a but dad there is in that your life. Edge. Like there's a time and a place, yep. you know, and just know, you got to be honest with yourself. That's exactly Anyways, right. Anyways, so Judah's turning 21 and then in two months, Caleb, our second born- we'll be 20. He's 19, he'll turn 20. So he'll no longer be a teenager. So like, this is like the year right? of just iconic transitions, you know, hallmarks in our kids' lives. And I was thinking about, if I were to choose five things that I think we've raised our kids with, and now as they're adults, you know, Serenity's 16, not yet an adult, but well on her way, um, we would want to continue to instill in them as we do life alongside of them. Um, so that they have a good reputation. I think I kind of s- could sum it up in five things. Number one, a strong worth ac- worth work ethic. Number two, a good sense of humor. And I wrote these down before we started. Number three, a solid BS detector. Number four, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number four, generous habits. And number five, strong faith in God. For us personally, as the Huffmans, um, I think those five things could be the core of a good reputation. And we've That's tried so to instill those things in our kids. Whether we did that on purpose, we've never written this anywhere. <laughs> so it's not like we have, here will be the five things. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> might be your, your next book. Oh, like, like great... well, the first book's got to come out before the second book can be done. <laughs> I need you to get on that, babe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, boss. Um, so, babe, let's talk about it. Okay, Number one, strong it. work ethic. We have tried to instill that in our kids growing up. I think that makes for just a solid reputation. Um, you could be a bad person, an angry person, a mean person. You know, you look at those movies where like the dad was almost, he was verbally abusive and he was never around, but the son or the daughter would be like, but you know, he worked every single day for us. You know, that's like the one shining gleam. It doesn't make up for the bad, but there's something to be said. Like imagine if you could have a strong work ethic and also be a good person. Um, We have tried to instill in our kids a strong work ethic. Which is, um, it, there's such a lack of that in society in general. I mean, right? it's like. Why I, is that? I, what happened to the hard work ethic? I blame mom and dads. <laughs> no. And I'm one of them. Like, Sorry, mother and father. <laughs> it's like, you get a kid who can't work. I'm like, ah, hopefully you can learn. Well, maybe your, we can blame their. kind of missed it. Do, do, we may, do we blame their mom and dads? Like you now know, that we're like, blaming everyone? I met a kid the other day. Whose fault is it? He was like l- moving out and he was like panicking because he had never washed his own clothes. This individual was in their 20s. And I thought to myself, sad day. First of all, <laughs> that's not your fault. Your mom should have taught you how to wash your clothes. You know, it's just, it's like things that we as parents do over time to, to create habits, work ethics and, in our children. And when did parents stop doing that? Or when did it not become a priority? And I think the modernization, yeah, now totally. we're getting so deep, right. the modernization of society has, I don't want to just blame mom and dad. I don't think we should blame anyone. In fact, here's what I think. <laughs> if you're listening to this, a hard work ethic starts and stops with you. There you go. Let's just do that. There you go. That's, that's actually the fundamental premise of a hard work ethic. Right. No one's going to do it for you. 
It's no one's no one's gonna no one's gonna right. put the peanut butter on your bread and cut the crusties off for you. You're a grown adult. Like hard work exactly. ethic starts with you and me. Today I can choose to not be lazy. Um we I think it is important for our kids, and I think it is important for all of us as humans to do hard things. Love that. We avoid hard things because what because hard things are hard, <laughs> like yeah. you know, and it is actually. I remember Serenity was uh, doing something you know, over the summer, and she was she it was genuinely hard. And there was a part of me that wanted to rescue her as her dad. And I remember I looked at her, and we were driving, and I had a conversation with my daughter, and she really responded. Well. I was like, "Babe, you actually need to do this. I know it's hard, and it's good for you sometimes to do hard things." Mm-hmm. She was like, and I think she caught the truth of it, but hated it, and I felt it. I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't mean it'll be easy. It's actually not going to be easy." But it is good for us to do hard things. It's when you work hard, the reward of rest is so much more fulfilling. Absolutely. Like you actually deserve the rest. And there's such a great rest that comes from a job well done. Yes. And what did you say, Jen? And you're good at this. There's a difference between going to work and getting to work. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. <laughs> um, I feel like you are one of the best. Um, and you can return the compliment if you'd like at getting <laughs> to work. Like I'm, I'm fishing for a compliment. You are too, babe. Um, there's one thing to go to work. Just check in, mm-hmm. do it. We all do it. Yeah, sometimes you just Kinda gotta go to work. Pilot. Yeah, go to work. Go through the motions. I'm not even saying in, it's bad. Out. There's some. If, if you can't get to work, at least go to work. Mm-hmm. But man, sometimes we just gotta get to work. It's just like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to put in the overtime. I'm going to do things that are not on my job description. I tell you, if you continually do things not on your job description, eventually they'll pay you to do those things. Yep. Um, you. But also do your job description. Oh, yeah. That's a given. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just going to work. Right. But then we get to work and we right. just like get it done. Like, you know, I've heard that you've heard that saying. We've probably said it on this podcast before, like from nine to five, I work for someone else. From six to 11, I work for myself. Like get to work. Just get to work. Like, don't be lazy. It's a choice, by the way. It's also a habit that probably has to be broken. I think that is a huge thing in reputation. I would take a strong work ethic over raw talent any day of the week. Oh, 100%. Why? 100%. Why would you say 100%? When when we moved out here in 2007, I I launched a cleaning business that, that started as residential and we moved into commercial. And my biggest challenge as an owner was someone with a work ethic mm. yeah, and, and just show up on time, not just show up on time. They might show up on time. That's, that's, that's a miracle. That's, that's, that's like a given by I, the way. Even if they're 10 minutes late, Minimum. if you're going to work hard, I, I can kind of forgive the 10 minutes late. Like, but if you can, if you can show up and work hard, like work hard to where like you are tired. And, and, and I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if there's anyone out there anymore that works hard. But when you can find someone who works hard. <laughs> Is I, there anyone as, left on the face owner, of the planet? I wanted to pay them more. I was giving mm, them raises. Yeah. I was making them supervisors. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's amazing what hard work ethic does. It will promote you so fast. Good reputation. Especially in society today. If you work hard, you'll get promoted. Guaranteed you will be promoted. Okay. I love it. So brilliant. All right. Secondly, we said good sense of humor. We talk about this all the time on Coffee Talk, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but you can't, we can't say what develops a good reputation, what we want our kids to have, and what we need as humans and as adults without saying this. The ability to laugh, and I won't just say laugh, but laugh at yourself, right? That's what a good sense of humor is. It's not take yourself too seriously and not laugh at others, but laugh with others. Totally. I think where humor takes a dark turn, 
I think we could be sarcastic and laugh with others. I think where sarcasm and humor takes a turn that becomes destructive is when we're laughing at others. Like, hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> and everyone's like, be funny. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's like, yeah, but you're insulting but it's me. There's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that's not what we're talking about. I think the ability to find the humor in any situation. Yes. Um, man, I love that character. That's what I loved about you. I fell in love with you because you were you were a funny guy. You're not just a funny guy like you can <laughs> Oh, how am I funny? <laughs> am, am I I'm here for your I amusement? I knew you were gonna go there. I'm funny like a clown? Is that how, how am I funny? Okay, you can stop interrupting <laughs> me for a minute. That's a good fellas. I love it. Gosh. <laughs> but you were you were like just you were a funny guy, but you also didn't take yourself too serious. And that that is just I don't care who you are. That is such an attractive characteristic. Yeah. I, I, thank you. Most girls that I ask, I'm like, what, like, thank you. What kind of guy are you looking for? The first thing they say, even overlooks, is a good sense of humor. Almost, I guarantee, almost 99% of the time, that's what girls are going to wow. say is a good sense of humor. But for you, it was looks and then humor, right? Because you like the way I look. <laughs> no, it was actually good sense of humor. Santa. <laughs> 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 but but having a good sense of humor is so important because life is hard yeah. and life is long and life can get you really down. Yep. But I I had a, a friend that actually was my kindergarten school teacher. She just lost her husband uh, just a few days ago. Oh, um, wow. Pam Tuggle. Yeah. And Jerry. She she's posting on Facebook. She's posting posts that will bring you to tears because it's it's unbelievable what she's saying about her husband. And then the next post, she's posting a random photo of him doing something so stupid and laughing. Mm. And I just, it was like post after beautiful, post. And right? I thought how beautiful it is that even in death, she's still finding humor in life. Yeah. And it, it, it to me, it was it said so much to me because it's like, here's an older woman who's lived a lot of life who's yeah. not taking herself, even the loss of her husband, too serious, understanding that she'll be with him again one day. It was just a beautiful thing. The ability to find humor and laugh in our pain is actually not it's only is it one of the most attractive things in the world, but it is um, it's one of the most healing things. Yeah, you know. It really is. Um, and instead of taking it personal, like let's say someone does start to like joke at you and laugh at you, I found that one of the things I love our kids will do this. I try and model this because there's sometimes where it starts to rub you wrong, and you're like, hold on. And instead of like you guys will sometimes go in on me. And you'll start to be like, oh, you're such a dad. And, they'll, you know, and the kids will jump in. And part of me wants to kind of get upset and be like, hey. You know? But then I'll be like, you know what? You're so right. And I start to like, instead of taking it personal, I just kind of agree with like, you're totally right. Like, I so do that. Like, what is wrong with me? And I find That's like good. everyone That's like so just gets endeared to yeah. it. And it makes me like, yeah, you know what? Like, it's okay to admit like, yeah, you're not the perfect individual on the planet like you're right uh like i think Vic sometimes will call her compulsive and then she'll be like you're right i am compulsive you know it's like <laughs> and you love her for it you're like okay like we get the ability yep um it's really good. to laugh at ourselves and even sometimes if someone's kind of like if you'll be try this this week if someone's kind of coming at you kind of jib jibbing you a little bit like oh and they're kind of like you jabbing know giving you? it to you jabbing at you yeah jibbing, jibbing. Maybe double down on yourself. Be like, dude, you're so right. I do that all the time. Why do I do that? And just slap. Watch them kind of be like, well, you don't do it that much. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be, you, it'll be an interesting experiment to see that they'll be like, well, no, don't get down on yourself. Like they'll back off a little bit that's when you double down. That's a good social interaction yeah. lesson, babe. That's good. All right. Number three, a solid BS detector. What does BS stand for? Bad stuff. 
I mean, you know what it means. Uh, you know what it means. Um, I just don't want our kids. I want them to be able to not be gullible, like common sense, and not give in to peer pressure. That's what I'm really talking about. And can we just say this? I'm passionate about this. This is street smarts, my friends. Thank you. And you have this. And I'm going to ask you a question. But let me say this. Peer pressure is not just relegated to high school and middle school, by the way. Right. Social media today is the platform for peer pressure. Um, and even wow. in just public settings with I mean, peer pressure is so real whether you are a grown adult or not. And I think that having the ability to just see BS for what it is, just like, hey, okay, reading people, common sense. It's more than book smarts. It probably comes with experience. Jen, you have this uncanny ability to read people. I don't know how you do it. You can tell like, oh, they're struggling with this or like, oh, they're probably going through this. You have empathy and sympathy. You can also be like, no, do not. Like there's times where I'm like, hey, I'm probably gonna do this, this or that. You're like, do not get involved with that person. I am telling you. Like you just kind of know. And after 24 years of being married to you, you're right a lot of the time, not 100%, but man, you're shooting pretty, pretty good. How do you, how do you do it? How can you kind of detect BS? How do you read people so well? Is there a trick? Is there a secret? Uh, I don't know. I, I I mean, practically, I guess, you know, first, it's, God gives gifts. So I'll leave it there. there there's natural okay. gifts. Well, let's not take it there. But I, okay. I, I would say, I would say when I listen to people, even body language, I watch body language. You're really good at this too. Uh, body language says, it says more than words. Mm-hmm. And the second biggest thing is people saying something that they're not saying. Typically, when you first meet someone, my my first thing is is what wow. they what are they really trying to say? Because naturally, when we walk into a room or we we meet someone or we have a conversation, uh, there's a lack of vulnerability because of trust. So people say things in order to maybe either feel the room or maybe they want you to like you, which is all good, all wonderful. That's that those are not bad things. But but in the end, people are not fully maybe saying what they really mean because they're filling the room out. They're, they're, they're tiptoeing to the edge of trust. Like, can I trust you? Do, you know, is this a safe environment? And so when people are, people are approaching you, remember that, remember that, that trust is huge. So if they've sensed that they can trust you and then you speak truth, you speak vulnerability, you, which means to them is you're speaking their language. Then what happens is for me, I can begin to really see and hear what, who people really are. So, but what I heard you saying, which was brilliant one of the ways you detect BS is not by listening to what they're saying, but what they're not, not saying. saying. Not by looking at what they're doing, but what they're not doing. Dude, that's huge. That's cash money. We all in fact. give. We all give ourselves an out. Like we all. Um, there's what is the word? Not give ourselves an out, but like we all are saying something we're not saying. Yeah. And we on the other end who who are listening and watching, we get to choose to to see it or not see it. Mm. And so I think for even with our kids. How do you do that without becoming judgmental? That's really good. I would, in the early years, I used to be more judgmental. God's really helped me. You've helped me. But I think now I, my first reaction is I want to see the best in that person. I think if you keep that at the forefront of your mind. for the best. Even if they're, even if they're, 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 their language is betraying them and they, they, it's, they're not full of character. It's like, there's something good about this person Mm -hmm. and you have the ability to draw it out of them or not. It's up to you. I think the thing is, once you detect the BS, instead of judging them for it, have empathy with them. That's exactly and right. And I think I've learned to feel like, like, dude, this person is like, they're way off here, but I wonder why. Like, exactly. Man, what are they struggling with? Like, what did they go through? What got them 
to this place. And I wonder how I could help. I wonder how I could encourage them. I mean, and that sounds so noble. It's actually just good human decency. In fact, it's good reputation. And so anyways, all right, number four, as we're moving on, that was great. Um, Generous habits. We have tried to instill in our kids generous habits. We have tried to live with generous habits. I think generosity is at the crux of a good reputation. Um, Like, uh, our kids probably have never seen us go to dinner anywhere without volunteering to cover the tab. Mm-hmm. And when I mean volunteering, I mean, that doesn't mean it's like, oh, I'll get it, I'll get it. Like, no, reaching for it, actually getting it. Not like, like oh, no, you get it. Okay, no, 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 you get it. No, 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 no. Like, you kind of want them like to get it over you. you say you want to pick yeah, up the yeah, tab, yeah, yeah. but you're hoping that they'll, they'll, they'll outwork you. Like, I'll literally, I'll give my card to the waiter before we even sit down. Like, hey, I got this one. You know, and you're like, oh, is that, no, that's not the, that's not the soul way to be generous. But for us, right. it's kind of like, let's just be those people. And have there been times where I've had to let people, my friends, be like, yo, bro, can I pay for you? Can you receive? And you I'm have like, a hard time receiving. I do, but yeah. I'm like, okay, you're right. I probably should do that too. But it's kind of just this um But this not just generous thing, with generous finances, habits. but generous with your words, generous with your time. Like, I mean, even, even the other day, our son didn't have to say yes. He helped a friend on the After first church, day of NFL yeah. move a yeah. bed and some furniture. He literally played guitar all day at church, and then he, which he's a great guitar And player. I kind of was like, I don't know if I would have said yes The Seahawks are playing. We're yeah. going home. We're DVR in it. The whole family's watching, and he goes and helps a good friend move. And I just love that about him. Like, he's like, no, man. And I, I, how was it moving? He's like, it was fun. Just being generous. Pay people back quickly. If someone lends you money, if someone pays for dinner or they're going to cash up you, like do it right away. And don't forget. Don't forget, man. Develop generous. If you say it's you're going to do it, yes. do it. Um, give to decent causes. Like um, plan generosity. You and I over the years have developed this habit where we save up to be generous. We literally yeah. save money so that we can be generous. Like it's we have so an good. account where it's like this is money. We have budgeted generosity into our monthly budget. We literally do like, how much are we going to give away? Yes. And that's above and beyond what we give to the church. We believe in tithing. We believe in other things. That's a, that's above and beyond what we give to Compassion International to help like little children. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we have things that we give to. I'm sounds like I'm bragging, but if I'm going to brag about anything, I'll brag about this. Right. I think we should develop generous habits. Yes. It just leads to a generous lifestyle, but we have an account where we're like for gifts for just giving people money. Um, then we have an account for paying for dinners and paying for coffee. And, and and it doesn't have to be enormous account. Like how easy it is to cover someone's coffee. Yeah. If you're if you're single and you have a tight budget, it's like right where you are at, figure out what, what you can be generous with. And people are like, dude, I can't pay for dinner every time. You, you know, know I, there was a season where we, we were paycheck paycheck and I would make a point to give away shoes and clothes every every month. Yeah. Like that are nice stuff that I just like, you know, I don't wear it that much. I'm going to give it to somebody that, and you find, you find ways to but be But even generous. in those seasons, I would go, I would just choose where I'd go. Like for me, I love to pay more out with people because it's little things that make a difference to people. You'd be shocked at how, how picking up the tab at Subway for lunch really like makes someone feel valued. Totally. They're like, I mean, it's just six bucks, but they're like, Thanks, man. Like it just does something to people. If you knew how much it did and how little it cost you, you would do it a lot more. Yeah. So when we were tighter on money in our earlier years and even different seasons of our lives, I just, instead of going to like a steakhouse, I would just go to like a sandwich shop, uh-huh. right? Because exactly. maybe I can't afford to drop a few hundred dollars picking up the tab at Fogo de Chow. But I could easily pick up at the tab at the pot belly, you know, which oh, rest in peace. I think they've closed down during COVID, but you know, I just thought, but you know, like the good, the Jimmy John's like, yo, let me get lunch. That cost me 12 bucks as opposed Chick-fil-A's. to 1200 yeah. bucks. Yeah. 
So generous habits, it's a big deal. And last but not least, um, and baby, you could probably say a lot about this, but there's no way we can talk about reputation without talking about a strong faith in God. Mm-hmm. Um, something that is bigger than yourself. That to me, I actually would go as far as to say you can't, I'm not talking about being a Christian. So everyone could just relax who's listening real quick. Like, oh, you, oh, okay, you're pushing your faith. No, 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 no. I'm talking about your personal faith, relationship with a higher being. For me, that's God, that's Jesus. Um, I cannot have a good reputation unless my unless I am grounded Absolutely. in something bigger than myself. It's for us, it's faith in God. It is Absolutely. Um, it gives us hope in the dark days. And I think that leads to my faith in God leads to um produces compassion, it produces integrity, humility, confidence, kindness, all the other things that we could have thrown on this list, like all of that gets kind of lumped into, I am anchored and my hope is found, even in dark days, in God, right? Yes. In our faith. It's so good. I mean, I was just yesterday at church, we keep bringing up church, 116 church, um, it was it was the passage in First Corinthians thirteen, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But if you go and look it up in the Passion Translation, just Google First Corinthians thirteen Passion Translation. It basically lists I, all the things. I think you should read it. You, really? Honestly, yeah. Okay, I know this it. is coffee talk, but I mean this. I even love the language of this one because it speaks in everyday language. And this is whether you believe in God or not. Like what you're about to hear, it is just like the, it's talk about a good reputation. Yeah, it's the bedrock right here. It's in verse starts in verse four. It says the way of love. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle, consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does does not brag about one's achievement nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failures as a defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Wow. And to me, man, it's so beautiful and kind of poetic. For me, that kind of life only is possible if we're anchored in our faith. And Jesus, yes. And um, strong faith, man. A strong faith is is absolutely the cornerstone of a good reputation. Mm-hmm. And in days like today, where we are facing um, worldwide crisis, racism, political chaos, and religious confusion, all four of those things simultaneously. Any one of those things has the ability to divide a nation, has divided nations, mm-hmm. and families by that. I mean, close-knit families have been divided over those controversial subjects. And right now in 2020, we are literally dealing with all four simultaneously. And the lines are incredibly blurred. The only thing that gets us through this this year, and we will get through it, by the way, if you're listening, we will, is a strong faith in something bigger than yourself. Um, well, this I'm is a really good coffee talk. And yeah. and can I just reiterate? <laughs> you just rated our coffee talks on a scale no, of one it, to 10. What do you give it? It's it's fantastic. And 10, I mean, like, 10.5. I want to go back and talk more about the BS one. And there's so much in, in that. We <laughs> you just love even, cursing. We didn't even get to discuss. And But, you know, I just, just, just want to say this. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Because in the end, if, you're, if your character is grounded, if your character is 
is full of integrity, then the reputation your reputation is going to be beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because this isn't a popularity contest. This is life yep. and this is long term. And if you have a beautiful reputation, let me just tell you, wealth, friends, health, things follow that. Yeah. It just, it just, it's the, it's what Happiness, happens. True joy. Yes. Yeah. So cheers. cheers to that. Hey, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Mm-hmm.